0: In Italian You want your life to be great From the moment You're a small bambino You eat pizza, you drink vino Then to make your roly-poly You get stuffed with ravioli If your mama's a paisano You will have the world on a plate So
1: it's sweet that you're born In Italian
2: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, benvenuta, as they say in uh, Bellinopoli, to another episode of the Italian American Power Hour. Uh, I'm really glad to welcome you here today. I'm John Viola, and uh, here with our panel for the day, my partner in crime, the notorious P.O.B. Uh, we've been getting a lot of letters that you love them. Mr. Pat O'Boyle is here uh, to my left. Of course, uh, the queen of uh, the Italian American Culinary world and uh, a great friend and contributor to this show, Ms. Rosella Rago, is here today. And to my right is, appropriately enough, my right hand, the uh, young lady who keeps me from complete insanity and makes sure that all this stuff gets done, Ms. Stephanie Gordon. Guys, how are you feeling?
1: Great. Terrific. Very I'm happy, happy
2: to be here. I'm happy to have everybody here. Mr. Roboyle, how are you feeling? I'm here. You feel good?
1: Hashtag Cavab in the house.
2: Yeah, for those of you who are um, becoming bigger and bigger fans of Pat, uh, we throw around a little hashtag here that we use when we describe him, and we'd like to invite you to join us. It's hashtag C-A-V, capital A-V-V. That's Cavalieri Avocato, two of the titles that our dear friend and my co-host gets to use in Italy, and uh, he is one of the can we Can we talk about the fact that we've gotten some people who have just asked to just hear you? They don't know me. <laughs>
0: that's very fair. That's what you
1: say to like the many requests that you should have your own show?
0: What am I what would I say on my own show? I mean it's very kind, I think. Anyone who, who who proposed that that's very much appreciated, but what we just ramble all day long? I mean, it's, I mean, if they could contact me privately, we could speak. <laughs> I don't know involved. if everyone would want to listen to me, but if there's people... Who want, We well, should just do enough. live
2: stream Facebook videos of you just talking.
1: Let's release Pat's phone number. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They call <laughs> me. Public.
1: Hang out.
2: But we, really, me. we really do appreciate all the listener feedback uh, and our, our friends. As you can tell, today we're here without Dolores and Anthony, the, uh, the co host of the original Italian American podcast. So it's a little bit like taking the training wheels off. You know, the young kids have the house themselves. And uh, I think we're planning a party because it's going to be a great day. we got a really interesting topic, but we want to thank everybody out there who's been writing and who's enjoying podcast the Power Hour version here. Pat, I know last week we tried to be a little bit more reserved, but it seems like we've got a lot more feedback saying just be yourselves.
0: It's liberating because, no, because someone I think when we, amongst our circle, when we had asked people to critique our initial episode. We, I received one in particular that said, um, "We should be more like Fresh Air and Terry Gross on NPR." And so we tried this time. I don't think I think everybody likes us it, just the way we are. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think I think us talking over each
2: other is actually it reminds
0: everybody of home and kind of. Familiar. I don't know. I don't know if it's endearing. As it, is it endearing the correct word, or is it more familiar? Familiar. Familiar. More familiar, right? So I think we're supposed to all be speaking over each other at once. But I think it, it's. It's liberating in the sense that we don't have to put ourselves, I think that's part of who we are and what we're doing, is that we're ourselves and we don't need to put ourselves into a mold of uh, how someone else runs the house, with all due respect to NPR. Well, we,
1: this is a dialogue, it's a conversation. But, it's not, you know, we're not reading bullet points of what we want to talk about.
0: That's true. But you know what? Let me take that back a minute. There is an <laughs> NPR program that's similar to us, which is Car Talk. Yeah. Which is off. And they're both Italian American brothers. Oh, is that true? Yes. I didn't know that. They were from Massachusetts. One passed away. Um, I think they're kind of like it was the the radio version of reruns. But there's the the sentiment of the tribe when you listen to them. That's true. So I think that maybe if we're going to take an NPR model, we shouldn't be going for fresh air. We should be going for car. I've had a lot of people compare this to car talk, that's what it kind of should be. Has somebody? Yeah. Even my brother. Oh, See, know, they smell it. it.
2: They smell I it. Know, I this. didn't know they were Italian. I don't listen to it. You didn't know that? I, I, I drive Fiat. It's a matter of nationalism. I have no interest in I'm me. not an automobile person. Neither brother
0: is. But I could love listening to car talk because I love the interaction. Well,
2: there you go. That's what we're trying to do. And really, we do want to thank everybody for the feedback. So the, the no, hand-raising sure, rule is it was gone. Very kind.
0: Yeah. It was very, very kind.
2: No more hand-raising. We're here today. And I think our topic today, honestly, is one that's going to... Um, would have blown through the hand raising rule anyway because it's one that we have all argued about privately, and I'm pushing us to talk about here uh, on today's episode. We might incite a riot. I think it's provocative. But, I think yeah. you purposely it's I think you purposely put this on the agenda for the for the provocativeness of the subject matter. Well, personal. Let me say I think this is a great topic and one that is, while well, framed in a very binary question, is actually speaks of a bigger sort of tr- uh, trend or quality of who we are as people, which is kind of the ability to really come down on a very specific side of something and not really be flexible to see the alternative. And what I'm talking about today, and I'm really mumbling around, is the question of sauce versus gravy. And... Which, can I personally we should have say had a sound
1: effect. That's the most can we get a sound effect? In there? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's
0: like a big thing for us. I think it's the most annoying conversation imaginable. I know you do. And that's part of the, the reason I'm so excited American about forum, it. Every the cuteness has gone about 30 years ago. Dang, is that old? I think, yeah. I, I think, don't know that
1: it was ever cute. I mean, I, I kind of deal with the sauce versus gravy, um... Dichotomy, if that's the right word, on a daily basis on, on various social media platforms. And it's so interesting to see how we are, on one hand, Italian-Americans or Italians that love our culture, that love uh, Italian food and Italian-American food, that love our traditions, we're so united, and then... Someone mentioned sauce versus gravy, and then people like call each other's moms ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the <laughs>
0: point. They take, they, it, they take it to a level. Well, it's not an academic conversation. Like why? But you know, I can it, entertain that. It's it's like there's a there's almost there's a justified answer. Like people go into the ring on this. Like there's a right or wrong answer. Well,
1: there it's is nonsense. a right or wrong answer. So who cares? But there, there is there actually is because it's um it's a gravy is an Italian American colloquialism.
2: Uh, well, we're going to go back on this one because I, I have my own opinions. But I want to say the thing I love about this question is, let me frame this in, uh, let's say, what the academic research we're bringing to this show is, right? So when I got to NIAF, for those listeners that are unaware, I spent six years as the president of the National American Foundation in Washington. One of the sort of um, games that we did at our big gala and convention weekend over the years at our Expo Italiana was to have a vote for those thousands and thousands of Italian-Americans who were in attendance at this great expo to vote on whether they thought it was sauce versus gravy. And I think we gave away prizes and stuff like that. You know, there's T-shirt companies out there that sell its sauce, its gravy. products. uh I know, you know, plug yeah. here.
1: I, I um, actually have beautiful wooden spoons, and uh, one says nonness sauce spoon, and one says "Nonna's gravy spoon, because I believe in making something for everyone.
2: Well,
0: this is the interesting thing. It's out and there. And I compliment you on that. I, I compliment... The fact that you refuse to get into the mud over this.
1: Well, like I, I am a, I, I just, am, I am a one hundred percent team sauce, team sugo lady. Yeah, but I disagree. I mean, uh, I don't well, know. Let me say that up
0: in on this. I found. found I, I, I got so aggravated over. I just want to frame this
2: before you get aggravated. One of the things I found, and Stephanie, correct me if I'm wrong. Sauce overwhelmingly takes the prize. Right? It's like mm-hmm. gravy is a small minority whenever yes. we poll or regional, a regional. Minority. That's my question it also becomes sort of a regional minority and this is a I, i'm an anthropology student by background so i'm passionate about this stuff i want to dig into the sort of why is it regional why is this, is it from a certain part of italy or is it here in a it's certain a part, part of the of us
1: it's italian america yeah it's it's a south it's a south jersey south philly from what I can tell, the, the die-hard gravy people are from South Jersey and South Philly, maybe parts of Boston.
0: And Jersey, I think, too. The, new York, Metro. Yeah, you you coming coming from a Brooklyn, no, but 18th York, Avenue.
1: New York, new York is mostly sauce. I, I see. My, mom, <laughs> my mom's a
2: gravy. My dad's a sauce. You, or you, vice you, versa. You
0: say that remember. because you grew up in a Brooklyn with a lot of new immigrants, and their kids use the word sauce. And... Uh, 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 I don't want to go off about this, but the, the reason why I oppose this conversation so greatly, personally, is to me, and there's two factors. The first factor is this, that we have so many more important things to discuss. I mean, there's war and All fact, right, and yeah, let's shut down I, right now. No. Well, well, every, every, every episode that has a million, say that. But we have a community that has a million problems and people get into the mud about the sauce gravy thing. And, they don't, and this is what aggravates them more. They don't have an academic background in the reasoning why the words are used. Hey, yeah. Okay, so let's I, talk about I that. always
1: try and, and and lead with that whenever I'm explaining it to someone because as, with my background as an Italian teacher, you know, my degree as, a, as an yes, Italian so an teacher, teacher. you know, it comes down to the language. When you break it down language wise, it's kind of undeniable.
0: Yeah, but this is the, but this is my argument. The word in Italian is not sugo. The word in Italian is ragu. That is the correct terminology. Well, th-
1: no, I mean they, they mean different things.
0: They mean different things, but gravy connotates the Sunday tomato-based meat.
1: That's what sauce. that's that it became. Gravy became an Italian American colloquialism for what in Italy they would call ragu.
2: So wait, let's see. Let's see if we can have this educated debate by f- finding fundamental agreements that we have. Right. So let's say. For one... I can't believe we're having Can we no, I can't, can't, well, It's we're, like, we're it's like
1: saying that, you know, uh, all, all uh, scotches are whiskeys, right? I agree with but you. But not all whiskeys are scotches. So
2: let's just say, for the record, all gravies are a type of sauce. So even the, you know, the Medigan brown gravy on Thanksgiving is a sauce.
1: Theoretically. Yeah, Yeah, is As is a bechamel
2: and all these things, right?
0: Let's go back to the English language, which is the lingua franca of our listenership, listenership, is because when the Norman invasion came in 1066, they brought all French words into the English language. So English has a lot of double words for the same thing. Yeah. Because... Beef versus cow. Correct. Because there was the Norman word, which is a French word, and it was the Anglo-Saxon word. And so we wound up with a lot of double words for things.
2: And interestingly enough, right, their uses become based on the class. So, like, beef is the word that we use for a cooked meal, a presentation. Good food, fine food, which was available only to the Norman upper classes. And cow, the same animal, Correct. was the, I got to use this thing to milk every day to survive, used by the Anglo-Saxon.
0: And I think that's one of the strengths, and I've, I've, people in Italy have said this to me, is that in Italy, a lot of times for, for a sentiment or an expression, you have to be more descriptive than in English. In English, we have like a word for it or a phrase for it. I've had people say that. I, I can't. I don't have the, the authority to make that statement. I'm only repeating what I've been told. I don't know, I don't know what that I'm means. Old. Saying that in English, there's like sometimes um, we have a word for something that Italy takes a description. Hmm. I'd have to think about it to come up with... When I mean, people have said it to me, I, I that's understand. That's a listener it.
2: challenge out there?
0: All right, let's go through the Italian word, for instance, booster, okay? is an envelope, and is a shopping bag. And that's why I've said to people from Italy, why do the Italian-Americans, and this is another episode, use the word a-bag for a bag, right? Mm-hmm. Because when they came here, the English word bag helped them split a concept that had two, two meanings. Booster envelope and booster shopping bag. Booster stayed for the envelope. Hence what you give somebody at a wedding, which we never got to in the episode on weddings, (laughs) and our bag, which you went shopping with. So we took one term and gave it two. Another Italian term is nibold. Nibolda can mean a grandchild, or nibold could be a niece or nephew, which is very confusing. That's true. So in English we have two words for what an Italian are one. So I think that sometimes...
1: But the confusion with sauce and gravy comes down to the confusion about, well, the, the same term and the word sugo.
2: So let's go into this.
1: So the word sugo is, uh, it means, you know, the dri- it, it's technically, from a, from a cooking perspective, it means anything you can cook that will produce drippings.
0: Let me throw something else to you, why I get so passionate about this conversation. Until the 1950s, 95% of the immigrants from the south of Italy, and I, I assume from the north of Italy, but I don't, I don't know this, but I would say 95% of the immigrants from the south of Italy spoke Italian, which we would call Rye Italian, standard Italian of today, on a limited basis. Their first language was a dialect. Well, uh, uh, I use the word dialect, you know, I, I prefer the word regional languages. But for the facility of the conversation was a dialect. Sugo is not a dialectal word. It was not uh, it's not part of the local languages of the south of Italy. Usuca. But what would the word be in Malaise? I don't it's think that's Usauca. That's
1: a different word. But it's no, it's the it's
0: the word. But way in
1: Neapolitan the, the word is ragu. U- well no, yeah, It's is a, right. a,
0: a hyper specific yeah. word.
1: But Usuga la marinara.
0: Eh. I think and I am sure there's someone and there's an expert on this, I think sugo is a, is a is an Italian word that has been incorporated.
1: But we're not talking about we're you know yeah, But I think that's part of how So, on, gravy so like evolved. people people want to, some people try and specify there are, there are people who just think it's all gravy everything mm-hmm. in the tomato sauce genre is a gravy Tomato gravy. And then there are some people that only consider, like, you know, a Sunday gravy with the, the one that you put ribs and brajol and meatballs in. That's a gravy. Then there are some people who, you know, don't think it's gravy at all. There are some people who just think that all tomato sauces. Yeah, but
0: my anger over the conversation it's a is, is, is a, it's, it's a tool. It's a tool for people to use because of a superiority. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. Yes, Yeah, some
1: people use it as, like, well, real Italians would know that Correct. it's gravy.
0: But no, that's... real Italians would know that it's sauce. I've, I've had more condescension from people. I use the word gravy, okay? I'll go to my grave using the word gravy. I will never use the word sauce unless someone put maybe a gun to my head or someone I loved, I'd use it. If they put a gun to someone I didn't like, I would have to <laughs> still use it. Is, is marinara a gravy also? Like
1: No, marinara
0: is a bit... It's tr- is that say, a sauce or is that a gravy? No,
1: because
0: marinara is... Now, marinara has different meanings in different places. Oh, my people Hold yeah, oh, this is important. My grandmother would use the word marinara for just garlic, basil, yeah. and tomatoes. That is and oil. A, That, that is would be marinara to yeah. my grandmother. I don't know. Maybe you'll used use a different word. That's marinata to me. Now, some people put oregano in it instead, instead of the basil. I don't. That wouldn't be mine. But marinata was simplicity. Yeah. If you ask me for marinata, marinata means simplicity. Which is interesting, too, because I, in my wife's
2: family, they would just call that pomodoro. They wouldn't... There's no marinata in there.
0: Sure, but, but my wife's family's also from Tuscany. Yeah, know I'm just saying that.
2: But my question becomes, like, we're, for the sake of today, right, this, this great, sort of, very...
0: Catchy you picked that this just to aggravate me. I, I you went through probably. every possible wanna, topic and you found the handbag. I, I want to,
1: just so we get it clear on, on the yes. air, I think I should state, Pat should state his case. He has 30, he has uh, 45 seconds to state his case. I, I have 45 seconds I to state can't. my right, case. And then right, we're going to we can, the
2: we end, yeah. get to that At the end, we're going to get to them. You no, guys uh, are going to represent the great group stuff. I just want to set the tone. Hold on. Let me say, for what we're talking about, it's only... The Sunday meal, traditional Sunday meal that many Italian-American families, I would, I would say most, I would, I would go out on a limb, say most, either currently or in generations prior, put on the table on a Sunday. A macaroni, which is another question of macaroni versus pasta, and a meat-based tomato
0: Can I just jump in, Can sauce I just slash I jump in on this one? I, for a long time, for my local UNICO chapter, which is an Italian-American service organization, ran the scholarship program. And at one point in the scholarship program, we wanted to make sure that, these, and part of the criteria of the scholarship was that the kids felt. In the later years, when I had taken over the program, we introduced an essay section because we wanted, we didn't want it to be a DNA test where you can apply for the scholarship because you know great great grandmother was Italian American. We asked for an essay of what it meant to you to be Italian American. I would have to say, and this is no exaggeration, ninety five to ninety eight percent of the essays that I received over about an eight year period. Every single salad once somehow somewhere mentioned Sunday. Yeah, Sunday with the family and the pot of the tomato-based concoction that we're trying <laughs> to determine the name for. It. But it was—I was stunned. And we asked them, "What did it mean to you? What, what does it mean to you to be Italian American?" It was sitting around the family eating this tomato-based product. It wasn't about—you know—we've had this discussion mm-hmm. years ago with Niaf. No one said I'm proud to be Italian American because of Dante or because of the Colosseum or because of the Roman Empire. They said they were proud. They were. They, they, when, with the importance of being a Italian American was sitting around the table, eating this this thing, it always came up. Yeah, you know, the, the macaroni on something. But my thing is that so that's that's why it's such a, a emblematic of us as a as a culture. It's something that everybody relates to, and I think that's why it garners such a response because everybody gets it. I think it's a. This is an episode I want to do at some
2: point with us, but I, I really want to do it with like the biggest panel we can put in the room. And uh, for those of you out there, we've heard a lot about the sound quality. So we're in a new uh, little studio today. It's still our temporary one as we get our permanent stuff set up, but I hope it's a lot better. Please let us know. We really invested as much as we could in some better equipment, so we hope you're hearing us better. But when we have a big panel in a bigger room, I want to talk about some of those, fun. what are the fundamental touchstones that you can agree on on the Italian-American experience? I think Sunday, call it whatever you want, is one of them. I think it's one of those great, sort of equalizers throughout geography, generation, whatever.
0: Well, so they continue to get the song.
2: Yeah, I mean, this, is a, I, this yeah. is a legitimate thing. This is not like we're making it up. But my point is, when I was back at NIF, and I'll give him a plug today, because supporting organizations like NIF is really important for our community, and I was sitting around my family one day on a Sunday. We made a great effort. All of us live in different places now. We're making a real effort to come together every week, and we— we're joking about the then-ongoing presidential election, and we said, hey, we should really make Sunday Italian again. And it became a joke in the family, and we were putting the effort in to be together. We made red hats. They were less controversial than the ones that are out there. But make Sunday Italian again, which is a spoon you could pick up at niaf.org to support the organization, that became a real theme for us. So this is, like, really sacred ground. So when we when we talk about the, this idea of sauce and gravy,
0: it really it, it is a little bit... I think to the fact that people... On a positive note, the fact that people get so so passionate about it is somewhat indicative of how important it is to them. Yeah, it is. It Absolutely. is so important because they they there's a there's a uh, Well, that's
1: why I, you know, you have to take these conversations with a salt shaker full of salt mm-hmm. because uh, you know, I a lot of people would ask like why would I Get down into the into the muck with this, or why do I allow this conversation so much on my social media pages and stuff? And that's because I, I love anything that draws passion out of Italian Americans. Anytime we get Doesn't the take much, the, <laughs> no. um, Anytime we get the the platform to to talk about something that makes us this passionate and this emotional, I understand that they're connecting to a very real place. Uh, even if we have a difference of opinion, which we do, because I I'm a sauce lady. Mm. I don't discount anyone's traditions. I'm not here to change the minds of hundreds of thousands of people of something that they grew up with. Who am I? Who are you and to tell anyone yeah, I
0: agree with that, that and what I'm,
1: they grew up doing or saying was incorrect? It's it's personal to them.
2: And I think at the I, I, end of this, we want to come back around to like a, we'll let you guys each get, let's say, a minute and make point. Maybe see, Stephanie out Are going oh, wait, but, Maybe. But it's my not going to work. I mean, mm. you should
0: fantasize about I'll, I'll just the the timers yeah. and it's but
2: not going to work. Let make me make. just say, But I think what Roselle should, is should, saying is in your yourself, that right. bigger picture, like, you know, there is a whole sensitivity around this stuff. And this is what I found when I was dealing with it professionally for all those years. Again, it's like, who are any of us to qualify what's somebody's version of Italianità and they're experiences. And and that's the beauty of this community because there's the the census last of 2010, whatever it was, you know, 18.2 million people wrote the word Italian or Italian American in the line on ethnicity. That's an incredible self-identification. And each one of those 18.25 million and everybody else who didn't has their own version of it. And so this, to me, this idea of sauce and gravy, you know, a lot of people will tell you it's too low brow to have the conversation and we should be
0: talking about Dante. It's it's only only low-brow if it comes... But hold on a minute. It's only low-brow if it comes from a a perspective of... The reason I got so hot heavy over this is that the people who want to convert the gravy people do so, this, this sauce army that amasses, <laughs> on the periphery of the gravy border.
1: Oh, and the gravy people just, like, come in peace. They're in and, def- like, <laughs> I've oh, seen- the gravy
0: people are constantly on the defensive because someone always comes and tells them, I know better Absolutely than you. Absolutely not. Which is the They're most Italian own, thing you could possibly they do. They both well, You don't know what you're saying.
1: They both come for blood. That's true. I've seen them both come because for the blood. i both get nasty. Because the gravy
0: on the defense. Let me just send this out. They, they're is, constantly, and the no, other
1: like, uh, they are lambs in the field. No, but it's like a slaughterhouse. And it's like, um, the, 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 no, the, the sauce people it, have no bow and If arrows. you're
0: listening to this and you're dismissing this, you're not getting the message. Are you you're, kidding? If someone is turning off right now, you have to stick this out because there's an important message that comes out of this. The Italian Canadians and the Italian Australians who all immigrated in the 50s, this is another bullet in their arsenal <laughs> of you're not really as Italian as we are. So the Canadians are like, ha, ha, hee, he. Why do you say gravy? Because we're just so much more Italian than you are. But the reason why I get so passionate about it is that word, that gravy, that's our dinosaur. That's our emblem of how we were created and how we got there. As italian American, Sure. It's a flag of those first shoes that didn't go to Ellis Island. Remember, Ellis Island came in 1892. The guys who went to Castle Garden and from Castle Garden went to lower Manhattan, went to Jersey City. Went to Brooklyn. Those first people—they are the people we have never celebrated and we never talk about. And that the is first why generation the I bring in. it back and to the fact that, that's that it is an American, American
1: colloquialism, and it is not an authentic term brought over from Italy. It was something that was created here because a ragu, which is you know what we would what a gravy, what most people consider gravy, the, the term ragu, which is a, a, a meat sauce. A su- is a kind of sugo. Yeah, but
0: it's is a kind. But, but I know people from the region of Campania who Campania uses rigot in lasagna, mm-hmm. right? I mean, more or less. The pe- they adapt. They they push bechamel because bechamel is what they use in Bologna. And again, it's dumbing down the Campania version.
1: But uh, and you know, me, no, who's,
0: who's anyone to tell you not to use one no, no, exactly.
1: no. of the time? No, exactly. Who am I like to say that your sure. lasagna with ricotta a is less of a this. lasagna? Like, I, I, Angela, I'm a I'm
0: a sauce gravy. libertarian. <laughs> if sauce makes you happy, if sugar makes you happy, if re- re- what's all? Not you. It's not personal. To all those haters, the people who come and they they trample over the gravy people can't we just all get along can't you can't leave us along? Along? I,
1: I try i try I, to, because it's a no reason want everyone to get along i think they should get along because at the end of the day we're all passionate italian americans we're all making sauce or gravy or whatever we want to call it we're all eating together on a sunday and that is what makes me proud yeah. about what the conversation because the more people that are this passionate and talking about it that means these people are having sunday dinner.
2: I think that's the most important yeah,
0: thing It, it goes back, back to the fact that this is so important. But let me just throw something else out there, which I think is historically very important. What shall we call it for this? The ragu is that? Can we all? Can we yes, all we'll, go? We'll, we'll use ragu. Can, for can the, we use ragu as the yeah, neutral? It's the the neutral term in the conversation. Yes. A ragu. Ragu is probably only as old as maybe the 1680s. maybe the, me, yep. no. I would say no, the American Revolution. Probably it got into, probably it became basic, and I'm not a food historian, but from what I've read, probably from the 1770s to the 1780s, because remember, tomato was a product from the New World. It was not quickly embraced yeah. in Italy. Yeah. Right? So we know by the time of the American Revolution, it began to really pick up speed and become universal. Now, who who has disappeared from this is the Minestra Maritata, at least in Campania, because in Campania, the, the Sunday meal, was a soup of greens and boiled meat. Boiled salted meat probably, probably was salted, salted meat and greens. So maybe you had a little piece of uh, a dried pork sausage, you know, uh shadol or whatever else you could gather, and that was that was it. Now that's existed in, in some parts of the country called Italian wedding soup. Yeah. And that was the, that was the, the mainstay of Sunday. And then the ragu came and, and knocked that out. So if you take that The the gravy tradition, the the ragu tradition was only probably about 100 years old for those first immigrants. You know, we we fight over this like it was an ancient part of our cuisine. It's kind of a newcomer. It's the Nutella of that generation. (laughs) You know what I think we should call this episode?
1: What's
2: in a name? Eh, That's what's in a name.
1: A rose by any other name. Would A ragu still by been, any other name uh, would, would still taste, still taste as good. why? Why are we so attached to words and names? Because they're
0: part of who we are. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: but it's incredible for me for for me to, to witness how many people are just so attached because it's to. the
0: word they got from their grandmother. That's true. You're yeah, trampling exactly. on you're trampling because, on grandma. And yeah, that's you the are. That's because it's thing. like exactly. the way
1: she's. How can grandma be wrong?
0: No, how can Nona be wrong?
1: What I. Want people to take away from this is that if the word gravy comforts you, if it brings back the nostalgia of your nonna in a house dress stirring and saying, you know, sit the sit down, we're all going to eat now, and set the table and, and stuff. If that's what it br- gives you, then call it whatever you want. Call it wh- what you want to call it.
0: You but know? that's working from a position that's it's incorrect. It's like, well, you're wrong, but if that makes you happy, he's kind of got you
1: the
2: there. Moment. I see where he's talking about.
0: I, I think.
1: I think she used gravy as an example. So if we're be the same thing, if we said, if sauce makes you feel, you know, nostalgic, either one.
2: I mean, for me, I think this was, again, like, you know, there's, there's so many examples of this. Like my family, my mom, right, who's third generation, uh, on one side, second generation on the other, doesn't speak much Italian. My mom, when we were kids, called bleach Gendolin. And sure, I grew true. up,
0: right. as I learned
2: Italian, thinking that was the literal translation for bleach. And came to figure out, as I learned both languages more and became a student of history, that Biangolin is Byungaline, lina, right? Uh, lina is a linens, right? Okay. Uh, and that's is that the, where
0: it comes from? Yeah, that's the shout. I never knew white that. White
2: linens, white linens, white linens is the shout of the oh, horse-drawn Biangolina man. So in our family, Biangolina wow. became the idea of the product, when in reality it was the slogan. And I I know a lot of families that, I know you the all this same. time. You just
0: call me this now. I never knew <laughs> this that.
2: This is why friendships evolve. Uh, but I but I think that like in my family it became Yangolina. And I think there's a lot of families out there with a similar so background. What,
1: but but it, it that applies what I said applies to anything. If exactly. you know I'm a I'm a sauce, my grandma, my nona calls it sauce, my nonna calls it ragu a sauce or whatever. She doesn't call it gravy. I'm never gonna call it gravy because that's not what she what she what I grew up with. So maybe I'm wrong, but I don't care. I think yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, wrong. There's My no grandma wrong. used the bizarre word no for gangolina.
0: She used to, um something like "lack of or something" like brain water. I don't know she's a bizarre term for. I know Biancolina that's a common word. Yeah, but my grandma, Who knows where that? Come, I have no. Like
1: Amukina is Amukina a brand or is it a th- or is it stuff? Is it is
0: it? What's Amukina?
1: Amukina. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's a. Brand. What is? It? I don't
0: even know what it is. It's
1: a it's a cleaning agent. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I don't
0: know.
2: See, this is interesting. This is a
0: generation. My grandma used the word putida for curtains, which is totally dead in Neapolitan. I found it in a very old Neapolitan dictionary. It means, I think it means the, if you ever go to the South of Italy, those, um, those ropes with the beads on it, yeah. I think that's where it came from. But Say I was it again. It, Putire. It's mm-hmm. words that can, but I was with somebody in a, a tour guide. And we were there with the with the order. This is the first trip that we made. And the tour guide's like, no, 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 I am a Neapolitan. I've lived here my whole life. This word does not exist. Hmm. And, can you prove, and then I have to come to the well, can you find a dictionary? And I finally, because you don't know have a collective Neapolitan dictionary, find this old word, putire, putire is the real Neapolitan word for butter. It is dead in Naples. Wow. Right? I've met a few people say, oh, I think my grandmother used it. And I've had people in Naples say, oh, this is a fake word. If you look in the dictionary, and it's indicative of the generation that came about 1890-1900 that used words like putire and putire for butter or portira I think it's putira for curtains. and that was a word that was on the verge of probably maybe extinction then maybe sure. by 1920 was gone sure but those words are emblematic of that generation of immigration that's the beauty So of my so my thing is, is it's not something that you correct it's something that you say okay this is emblematic of it's a it's a milepost in your history you know, if this was a Lucian or a Eskimo, Alaska, we'd be spending bazillions of dollars to preserve the word gravy. That's true. Oh, we have to preserve gravy. Gravy is so important. The word gravy is <clears> important. <throat> but because it's by Italian-Americans of a certain, you know, of, of this, this South Philly to maybe Boston belt, it's dismissed. And if people think that's ridiculous, think about it. We do have it. The whole purpose behind this podcast is that we have an, an enduring culture that is going to survive past immigration. If it's not, this is a waste of a conversation because in 20 years, we'll all be, ex- us as a culture will be extinct. And that may happen, may not. We can't tell the future.
1: And bit. on that note, the gravy spoons are officially back ordered. They wow. have sold out. <laughs> is it true? Yes. The
0: gravy has oversold the, the sauce.
1: Uh, I'm not sure about that. We might have sold Fox out. Vox
0: hopefully, Vox. We might have sold
1: out on the sauce like a minute before gravy or whatever. But, you know, the gravy spoons definitely moved. And I'm glad, like, People, people are
2: into it. As we go into our conclusion here, I want to do a couple of things as our moderator. First of all, those of you that have been listening, you know we closed the shows with the song Ajita and Man Alive, did we earn it today? So I mm-hmm. hope that uh, as that plays out, you are as riled up as we are because this is such an important uh, conversation for a lot of reasons. Same as like, I get frustrated when people say pasta versus macaroni.
0: But hold on, and hold on, before you kiss it off. Uh, Pasta Macaroni was the word to the mid-80s Yes, that's true And so many people said that Now, I'm not dismissing pasta But macaroni was the word until the mid-80s And then pasta became the fashionable word And who picked it up was the crowd we call Medigans. That was the crowd that began to use on cooking shows Pasta became the word does that dismiss macaroni, which is the word that we held close to our hearts as a community?
1: But on every box of pasta, whether it be barilla to de cecco, it says enriched macaroni product.
2: Really? Wow. I'm pretty sure
1: it does. We have never studied find- that.
2: that okay. That's probably an FDA. Here's my two work takeaways. Because you know, everybody out there that doesn't know, uh, Stephanie, you're going to need to write down to make sure I do this. I've got a massive collection of Italian American products and antiques and memorabilia and collectibles and and stuff that goes back to uh, even before the immigration. I got a lot of these products, both from Italy and the United States. So I'm going to sort through those and we're going to find out when the word macaroni was on the box, when the word pasta was on the box, what it was here in the US versus Italy. And the second thing is the collection of Italian-American cookbooks right.
0: that I have. A, a, I a, want to find the first use of the term gravy. Barilla,
1: enriched macaroni But, but I want to throw right. wow. I'm loving but
0: this. But you know what I think is more indicative of this, and we had this conversation offline, is that until the mid-'80s, the pasta product, macaroni product, whatever you want to call it, Italian-American homes, was domestically manufactured. Uh, was it San George? What was the one that was in the Boston area?
2: Maybe say that, prince? save that, save that, save this because this, like, this is
0: an elite. A prince or or Ronzoni, you know, or American Males, Italian American American products. American products. They use the word macaroni. The products came from Italy. That's when the word pasta came. in. I remember when La Molizana showed up at Right, It was like the Second Coming of Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, this is and an episode like, you know,
2: right in and of itself, which is those great products that that took us through the immigration period into our they it became arrival. unfashionable.
0: Yeah. It became, oh, you still use Ronzoni? I buy one on. Yeah, it's true. That's it became very unfashionable That's true. to use those products.
2: Well, we're going to talk about that on another episode, and I'm really excited about it. But I think that today, that the first and foremost, I want to say, the lesson of the day, and uh, well, maybe we'll get some chimey, soft, Mr. Rogers music in the background when I say this. I think the takeaway from today, ladies and gentlemen, is that this is a question worth asking. It's not a below us debate, because it's really not about whether or not we're going to pick a winner here. There is no winner. What we're really saying is there's so many versions of Italian-American culture that are out there and deserve to be respected and to find a community so passionate this many generations after the really mass immigration that brought us here for the most part about something as as nuclear, nuclear is the wrong word, something as
0: uh, molecular. Hold on. Why are we making this such a negative. no, it's good. this is a good thing. I'm saying this, this is wonderful. I think it's it teases out great issues. it's yeah.
1: it's not a negative and I and I don't like um I don't like when people try and uh, uh, especially from my point of view like when people try and and say I don't I don't really know how to articulate it except for you're supposed to be educating people, why are you even why even celebrate the spoon or why even um, have this conversation, you know just call it sauce or whatever. And it's um, it's because shouldering the burden of changing the minds of hundreds of thousands of Italian Americans is never what I ever set out to do. And because I don't know everything. For the love of God, I don't know everything. I don't think anyone knows everything. I don't think a uh, uh, Michelin star chef Massimo Bottura knows everything. I don't think any of us know uh, know enough that we we are to tell other people what to call yeah, things 100%. and what to cook. And let me say, this has been eat. my
2: this has been my big issue since I started professionally, even before working in the Italian American community. None of these questions, really, especially these kind, are about changing minds or affecting minds, because they're not questions of the mind, they're questions of the heart. And that's what makes our culture survive, is that you can try to analyze it all you want. I know we have fun. I think of this, even for myself, Mm -hmm. these shows are like one big therapist couch for us to go through who we are. And that's awesome. But it's not about your brain. It's about your heart. And like Rosella says, if your heart gets a flutter when you smell gravy or when you smell sauce, well, keep that alive. And it is absolutely... Because
1: what I love so much about the Italian-American community versus the Italian community in Italy is how inclusive it is. Yeah. Because, you know, Italians in Italy will hear this podcast or any of them that can understand it and think this is absolutely ridiculous that we wasted an hour of our lives (laughs) speaking about this because of them. It's like, why even, you know, these silly people. But... I think the inclusiveness of Italian-Americans is that at the end of the day, we, we are all the same. Yeah. You know, we, we're all eating some of the, you know, the, this yeah, meat I, sauce I, 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 on Sundays.
0: I, I just, I, 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 one of the things that upsets me about this is that it, it comes so often to a, I know better than you. Yeah. And it's, it's a put down. Because I'm going to tell you something. There was a conversation in, I guess, is, I would guesstimate maybe, ten to fifteen years ago in the Star Ledger, which is the paper one of the papers of record for New Jersey, which which is of extremely northern New Jersey, extremely high concentration of Italian Americans. And a woman wrote an article correcting people who use the word Brazut. Yeah. And put prosciutto over it she goes, I'm an Italian this. professor and I have all these degrees and all you ignorant Italian Americans. And I was like, Brazut is the Neapolitan pronunciation.
2: Like mozzarella, they, Right. Or... They're
0: carrying the language and it gets this, I said, I have the same passion for for the regional languages. Which commonly known as dialects, they are repeating the word that they learned from their grandparents, yeah. whose first language was a local regional language, and in that case, Neapolitan. And it never—I can guarantee you—it never triggered with that woman. And if it did, she would have been dismissive of it. Yeah. And it's the dismissiveness, which is an, a bad part of our culture. It's the worst part of our the culture. The worst part of our culture.
1: I take issue with certain aspects of what you guys are saying because. It just irks. It's, it's something that irks me. Well, when I was in, when I was in college and I was, and I was an Italian language major at St. John's, Dr. Cipolla was one of my professors. And um, I kind of got the sense that not that it, it was something that he dealt with probably so much kids that were in the, that were in the major that would write papers in dialect that would, you know, swear that they spoke Italian and really you know proper florentine italian and stuff um
0: standard
1: standard that, that,
0: that should be the word we and, use going but forward, then standard. you know
1: i love dialect as much as the next person i i am so proud that i that i'm a native speaker of my of my native dialect from olledibadi i would never trade trade that for any skill it is a the world. beautiful language it is a beautiful language a beautiful there is a time and a place yeah. to use that i didn't think that that was appropriate and like people that the, that we're writing entire term papers in dialect First of all, I mean, I commend them because it's got to be hard, like the spelling <laughs> wise
2: and stuff. Well, that's a part. I mean, but wait.
1: when when you're reading something, when you're making a speech, and the word is prosciutto, and you don't pronounce letters that are there, I don't like that. It's
0: no, I agree with you. It's, it's not. Hold artistic. on. Let me ask a question about this. But it goes back to Spain. I've often said that that. Spain sometimes, I think, offers an alternate path that Italy could have or could take. Oh, with Catalonians? Well, I don't want to take... Catalonia, I think, at the time of this taping, Catalonia is a hot finish. Let's take Galicia. Galicia has a language that's probably, I would say, closer to Portuguese than it is to to Castellano Spanish. And in Galicia, there's respect for the local language and there's respect for the national language. And there's not this competing head-knocking that comes. In Italy, it's an either war. In Italy, it's like, well, I don't speak the dialect because I'm educated. It's a totally class-based thing. Italy, we speak a lot of positive things about Italy on the show. There's plenty of negatives. One is the class-based culture of Italy.
1: Yes, exactly. Right? The
0: class-based culture. We've not gotten to the point that we recognize these languages as local languages to say, okay. You know, and the Italian, I call it the Italian of ride. The standard Italian that came out after the war. It's a tremendous part of the Italian-American culture. It was Toto Coutinho and Umberto Dozzi and television programs that were in the 90s, like Scometti Amokè and Infatti Vostri, a huge part. And that was the language. And we need to respect that and celebrate that. So it's not a war against the Rai of uh, the Italian of Rai. It's that that has a place in our, our culture and our history the same way that 17th century Neapolitan does. It's all part of the mosaic of who we are. But the combativeness is what I have a problem with because the combativeness is that I'm right and you're wrong, and it's not a moral question. It's a question. No, I'm not saying, but. but my thing is no, the humorous-
1: combativeness, you know, affects me because, like, I see it, and it's like, you know, every time there's a sauce and gravy question, even when it's not even posed as a question, when I just have a post that says, to, uh, "Who's making their sauce today?" and everybody starts with a but "Don't you mean gravy?" and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, your mother's ugly," and then I got to block fifteen people <laughs> because they're using foul language. It should not whole- elicit this kind of response from people. It just should not create this. That's the whole them. point.
2: That's the whole point. Is there are so many versions of our culture, but and Italians it should flip not. That's true. We're like going to flip over. What you put we in we the like to fight over it,
0: and what color can fit do you have at the wedding—they're going to have a problem. They, they will. They were going to call someone's mother a name over very incendiary comments and over absolute nothing. But so that's me, part. That's part of the. I was. That, that's that's just, just in the DNA. Of, of part of the DNA. Maybe that's one of the touchstones of who we are. Well, we, we hold did, on. I think you can edit part of this just to make it back to Spain. A reason why some of those kids made mistakes where they were not educated in their own regional language, a.k.a. dialect. I went to high school with kids from Galicia, Spain, who's, who either were immigrants in northern New Jersey or whose parents came from Galicia. They knew which was Gallego, and they knew which, which what was Spanish. That's the genre of Spanish. Now, sometimes they intermixed up, or sometimes they went back to the Galician, but they were educated in it. Part of the reason why this problem happens is if there was a textbook in Molay's, and a textbook in Italian, a kid who was well-educated would know what was Maltese yeah. and what was Italian. The problem is we've never dignified the regional languages to be taught in the schools or to be to be in books and textbooks where the kids would know the difference. And that's where the mix-up has come, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, because if it's the only language you know, you know, these these are the only words that you know. But it, you know, there are uh, you don't realize that it's not appropriate at like a at a college level. It's totally but appropriate,
0: appropriate. But appropriate is the trigger word. But that is appropriate because appropriate to me says that it's not.
1: The class is in a different language than your. right That's
0: different than appropriate. Yeah. That's if you want to say okay, the class in Italian, we have to stick with Italian. That's that's fine. If it's if it's and and if that's the case, the kid has to write in Italian, right? Right. So you got to use a desk, so you can't use the word mall. So, But if you know that mo is a southern Italian word that comes from modus in Latin now, that's different. But the kids don't even—what I'm trying to say is that we're not even educated enough. There's still that stigma. It's not appropriate. It's not that appropriate in the sense that it's it's not—it's maybe—you know, you wouldn't be speaking German in a French class. Yeah, same thing. It's the same—it's the same thing. And I think that that, that's part of it. And I think it comes back to a class thing of, well— I'm well educated. I don't speak. I don't speak a dialect. I get this is nothing gets well, me hot. I, this is, I think it's, I, I recently
1: this. participated in a in a in a in an Italian uh, reality series called Little Big Italy, and um, there were a lot of things uh, about my participation in that show that uh, that bothered me. One of them was that like you know producers. Found out that once producers found out that I basically could speak, you know, my native dialect, it was as if like I didn't speak Italian, and they were like encouraging me to speak my dialects in, so in this yeah. setting. In this setting, that I would feel that it was kind of inappropriate to speak dialect, that I would not naturally want to speak my dialect because you know you're on you're on television, and and there's a time and a place for dialect, and and
2: you're broadcasting people who speak Italian, which you speak, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and it was, you know, it was taken as like, oh, how funny. It's like, you know, the monkey can talk. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: yeah, but that's, that is so... You have just articulated such a problem in Italy.
1: Yes. Well, let me, let me wrap us up, because damage. we have hit
0: the power hour
2: here. But I want to say that what, what you're talking about is basically what should be the thesis that comes out of this show, which is all of these terms deserve respect because they are part of our entire story. And you... Absolutely can't speak about validity or authenticity when it comes to who somebody is. It's just not part of the discussion. So I think the takeaway from this really impassioned episode is these you words is
0: impassioned?
2: Yes. Not for us. Well oh, let me let me let me close. Maybe for
0: other people.
1: Pat's gonna throw things in
2: the next <laughs> These these words, both of them have backgrounds, etymologies anthropological stories that bring them to who we are as a community. And frankly, I think the diversity of who we are makes us the community that we are and makes us the community that keeps these things going. And the ultimate bottom line for me uh, as we sign off from this episode of The Power Hour is something we've said a few times here today. Just keep making anything you call it. Uh, I think ragu is the word for us uh, from here on in. We beat it. Yes. Just (laughs) uh, Just keep making gravy sauce, ragu, whatever that beautiful concoction is, because in that is who we are. In that is our ancestors. In that is the fingerprints of our history. And in that is the secret to keeping alive a really great culture and a really great community. So, as we play off to the beautiful sound of Ajita, our exit song, I know we've given ourselves it. I Man, know we have given it. Whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. No, I'm stopping you right now. Oh you dragged me out just from let me, let me just close my way, please. No, but it wasn't Ajita. I think it was a great discussion. Ajita makes it sound negative. I think it was a fantastic intellectual exercise. It's like going to the gym. You go to the gym, you sweat, you break a sweat, you come out, you're exhausted, and you're like, yeah, I did something. Our brains were all exercised today. I don't think a- Aja is a great song because it's fun but it was not Aja today because so it was a great conversation there was, it's not a negative conversation It's a positive great show and I think we all learned I did not know this, I, it was worth it just to learn Bianca so, so I we'll don't I learned Biangolin for this today. episode
2: to the sounds of it's a wonderful world Folks, that's even better thank bravo you for being John with us. we'll hear you we'll speak to you and we look forward to talking to you on the next Italian American Power Hour Ah
0: have my kumba in the bonzo when i eat he gets a treat like the gonzo he enjoys